1: What we saw is in our Honeypot network, uh, we sort of get alerts whenever there's a, a new kind of URL that is being probed in Honeypots. And uh, one of the URLs that sort of caused the spike here was slash NIFI, which uh, of course then initially didn't really ring a bell, uh, but then doing some looking into it, we figured out that this is likely going after uh, Apache NIFI, which is often described as a data orchestration uh, platform. That's
0: Johannes Ulrich. He's the dean of research at the Sense Technology Institute. The research we're discussing today is titled "Machine Learning Risks: Attacks Against Apache NiFi." Yeah, I have to admit, uh, NiFi was a, a new one to me, and. <laughs> Had me running to search for exactly what it was. Can you describe to us uh, what is the general use case for Apache NIFI?
1: Yeah, so a little bit history here. It actually was developed by the NSA who open sourced it about 10 years ago. And the Apache project sort of took over maintenance of it. It's described kind as of a data orchestration platform. What it does is it reads data from... A large number of sources, whether that's like cloud storage database and such, then you can filter it, you can extract subsets of that data and well save it back and/or send it back to some destination. And again, you have a wide range here. So use cases are, for example, in business data, you receive data from a database that you then need to adapt in order to use it, for example, in some kind of analytic system. It's also often used these days in machine learning because you have these large data sets that you need to adapt in order uh, to then process them in your machine learning algorithm. So uh, these are some of the use cases here. It's written in Java, and uh, one of the nice things about it is you don't really need to do a lot of coding with it. It sort of presents a GUI web interface. You can sort of drop and track your sources. You can configure credentials for your S3 bucket and tell it, hey, read that JSON file, pull it out there, turn on an XML file that maybe my enterprise resource planning system can read.
0: Well, let's walk through this together. I mean, as you say, you were noticing some things on your honeypot. So where did it go from there?
1: Well, uh, then, of course, we want to figure out uh, what is the attacker actually attempting to do here? They're definitely looking for NIFI, but why? That's, of course, the next question. There's, of course, some interesting data often in these uh, NIFI uh, systems. So what we did is we set up an actual NIFI instance. Uh, The problem, of course, with this often described as a full interaction, Honeypot, is you can't really set up a lot of them. Uh, We set up one of them. But uh, our honeypot network, we have sort of the feature where we can redirect queries from the honeypots to a system like this. So a subset of the honeypots were now sending whenever they saw something going to port 8080 or 8443, which are default ports uh, for Apache and IFI. Whenever they saw something, well, they were just proxying it to our Real NiFi instance uh, that uh, we weren't able to monitor. And now, of course, the attacker, well, uh, they couldn't tell that this was a honeypot anymore. Uh, they considered that a real NiFi instance, which actually, well, it was. It was a real full right. featured NiFi instance. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you see them coming in and searching
1: for this. And when they hit the NiFi instance, what do they do? Well, uh, there are sort of two things we saw. Uh, so one thing was, they installed a crypto coin miner, of course. Uh, it was a little bit of a letdown initially, I have to admit, because that's what everybody does. <laughs> right, uh, right, And they used the feature, it, it's not a vulnerability. So I want to point out here that at no time, they actually abused a vulnerability or some kind of zero day or such here. Uh, We had a completely patched and up-to-date version of uh, NiFi, but, uh, well, NiFi has sort of a feature built-in that allows you to execute code. And that's the sort of processor that you can set up to process your data, uh, where you can basically load scripts uh, that uh, will process your data. And with that, you have the ability to run arbitrary code. The real hmm. problem here is that the attacker, well, took advantage of um, not requiring a password to actually access NiFi. It's highly recommended in documentation, but who reads the manual? Kind of so. <laughs> <laughs> So,
0: I mean, is this this primarily a configuration issue where folks who are making use of this are neglecting to properly secure it or or exposing it to the internet
1: to begin with? I think both. So you never really should expose something like this to the internet. It's a very complex system. It had vulnerabilities in the past, nothing really super critical, so they have done a reasonable good job there. But the number one problem is that configuration issue that you didn't configure a password. and It's not hard Like I said, there is documentation for it. They have a simple command to set up a password. So it's not really all that difficult. It becomes a real problem if you actually process real data with NiFi, uh, because now you not only have access to the data, but also credentials. Because in order for NiFi to access the data, well, NiFi needs to know how to connect to a database, how to connect to that S3 bucket. That information an attacker could also retrieve uh, from NiFi if there's no password or a weak password. The other thing we then saw is that in addition to installing crypto coin, which I said was sort of a little bit of letdown. That's the most they did. But there were a couple of attackers also that used NiFi to then probe the network. So huh. once they had control of the NiFi server, they didn't know what's offered for this lateral movement where they searched the NiFi server for credentials, in particular SSH keys. They looked at, hey, did anybody log in this NiFi server and then connect, anywhere else via SSH so they went all through the account and host combinations there and basically tried to abuse any of them to gain additional access to systems
0: the IT world used to be simpler you only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Now, for the folks who are running this NIFI instance, say someone comes in and drops a crypto miner in, does that, I mean, is it obvious that that has happened or does
1: it run quietly behind the scenes? Well, it depends on how careful you look. Mm. Uh, Within the GUI, you will see these processors that the attacker has set up. So uh that's something that you should notice. Of course, you have a very complex instance. There may be tons of processes that you already have configured. It may not be that obvious that you actually have a new one here that wasn't authorized. In the case that we observed, the attacker also set up a ground job in order to have sort of a backup in case that process process gets deleted. Uh, or you know, nifi gets removed from that system. That cron job would run once a minute and try to reinstall things again. Overall, this was fairly noisy, so an attack uh, an administrator should be able to notice that if they're watching. Let's face it; they didn't start by setting up a password for it. So, <laughs> fair enough. Who knows what <laughs> what else is missing there? And you know, of course, odd network connect- connections then outbound from that system and such, which may or may not be notable depending on you know, how noisy your network is in general.
0: Yeah. Now, in your research, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, this is all running
1: in RAM, so it's trying to to uh, hide itself that way? Yeah, so the install script that's being downloaded is never saved to disk. It's a simple bash script. It just uses curl, the command line command to retrieve commands or retrieve files uh, via HTTP has it directly to SH to the shell so that's never being saved the crypto coin miner they're downloading is being saved some of the other things like the SH scanning of other machines also no real files being saved here that's the same thing it just downloads it via curl and pipes it directly to shell so while you may find some sort of miscellaneous evidence of this uh, there is no actual sort of file being saved on the system
0: yeah I mean, is, is it fair to say from your description here that we're looking at opportunists, basically? This isn't a high level of sophistication?
1: Correct. This looks like opportunists. Um, crypto miner, of course, could also be sort of their last resort kind of if they don't find anything else interesting to do with this instance. And our instance didn't really have any interesting data that they say, hey, you know, let's make some crypto coins while we're in here and uh, sort of use data this way. The interesting part was there was really just one attacker who is really heavily scanning for this. Hmm. Also, we then sort of went through some search and to see, well, you know, who's actually exposing NiFi and uh, found a lot of sort of cloud instances, like particularly in Azure and such, where people had NiFi set up. And that's, of course, where the entire issue with blocking internet access becomes more tricky because, uh, well, now your NiFi instance is in the cloud, you have to connect to it via the open internet. Unless you set up some careful IP address filtering, which you, know, you easily get wrong, and then you lose access to it, uh, so uh, that may be one reason why there are these exposed Nifi instances. Yeah, that's interesting. Any
0: idea who is behind this? You, you said it seems to be coming from one place primarily.
1: Yeah, we saw it's of a lot of sort of Russian IPs that's first of the. Infrastructure where all of the hosts are located, where all the scripts are being loaded from. Some Ukrainian hosts. One in particular does a lot of scanning. Whereas these days, sometimes geolocation with Ukraine versus Russia can be dependent. Can be a little bit uh, tricky here. Haven't really looked that close into it, but haven't really sort of found any strong evidence as far as nationality or so goes. It's using commodity malware like this. Crypto coin miner is fairly commonly found. So I'm not really sure if that's one actor or another. It could be anybody. Yeah. Any notion of how widespread this is? Well, uh, like I said, we really see one attacker who is trying it really hard. As uh. far <laughs> as uh, open NiFi instances, so a quick scan of the standard search engine shows a couple of hundred maybe that are out there that are open sort of to the public on default ports. Hadn't really looked too closely how many are maybe hiding a little bit on slightly different URLs. Uh, But this attacker really seems to go sort of for these default instances. This could also be something where an attacker, once they gain access to a network, is looking for these NIFI instances, because after all, they do allow that operating code execution. So that would be sort of also then an initial sort of lateral movement again for an attacker who breached the network with a NIFI instance. Right, right. I'm I'm here. While I'm here, I might as well drop a cryptocurrency miner, right? Yeah, or just you know, look for any data being touched by NiFi. And that's sort of something we'll probably do in the future. Sort of put some credentials in there and see if they're then being used. Right. So what are the recommendations then
0: for folks who are using Apache NiFi? What sort of things should they be uh, looking out for here?
1: I think the number one thing is right now just inventory. That's sort of one problem here. Uh, you may find, you know, data scientists uh, people in like business analytics and such that set up nifi instances in the cloud without necessarily so that the uh, rogue it kind of issue uh, where they don't necessarily properly account for it and so it never really gets properly configured and patched and all of that good stuff mm. but the number one thing's if you have nifi put a password in there even a weak password is better than no password but <laughs> while you're at it right, uh, right. Uh, <laughs> something a little bit better than NiFi kind of as a password. Right, NiFi 1, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, while you're putting in a password, oh, what the heck, make it a strong one.
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't think there is much sort of in terms of a strong authentication, but I haven't really looked into how it sort of would integrate with any kind of SSO or such.
0: Right, right. It's really an interesting case here because, it, I mean, obviously a, a legitimate tool, not terribly widespread usage, it would seem, and yet, you know, some clever... Uh, hacker out there has found a way to use it to their advantage I, I suppose it's a kind of a cautionary
1: tale yeah and that's really just if it's out there if it's vulnerable they'll find it and they may find it before you find it, and that's really the, the big problem
0: Our thanks to Johannes Ulrich from the SANS Technology Institute for joining us. The research is titled Machine Learning Risks Attacks Against Apache NiFi. We'll have a link in the show notes. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. The CyberWire Research Saturday podcast is a production of N2K Networks, proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Elliot Pelsman, our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.